Genesis 19. Before Genesis 19, we see Abraham interceding for the people of Sodom, asking the angels, will you still destroy them if there are 50 righteous men? And uh, they said no. And he kept interceding until he stopped at 10 righteous men. If there are 10 righteous men, the angels agreed, those sent by God agreed not to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah if there were 10 righteous men. And what Abraham did is something of like a prayer for today's world, for us believers today, when we intercede and ask God for mercy. Because it says in Romans 1 that the wrath of God, the anger of God, is revealed against all ungodliness. It's already revealed. It means ungodliness is judged. But when there are people interceding or praying, praying for God to spare them, it is possible that God's mercy will be shown. The only problem was the angels did not find 10 righteous men. They found Lot. Among all, there was one. You see, even though Lot seemed to be making a lot of bad decisions, in his heart he believed in Yahweh, the God of Abraham. He was influenced by Abraham. Yet the bad decisions brought him to a place close to Sodom, and then after a while we see him living in Sodom, already surrounded by evil people. Though he made a lot of wrong decisions, and uh, we, well, in Filipino we'd say, he saved, matigas lang ang ulo, pero ligtas yan. And uh, sometimes we are like that. We repented of our sins, we have faith in God, but we make many wrong decisions, like not putting God first in many of our decisions. In fact, this story would show that Lot would lose everything, even though he was blessed. He became rich. And he, as a nephew of Abraham, was influenced by Abraham in many ways. But there were still consequences of his sins. Even though he was not influenced by his surroundings, there were still consequences of what he did. And one of them was losing everything. He had many servants before. Now he only had his family. He could not even bring his would-be sons-in-law, and uh, he even lost his wife. Let's tell the story again. Lot was by the gate, and uh, it is believed that Lot somehow had an influential position in the city, because in the Old Testament, when you say somebody is at the gate, it doesn't mean he's the guard. It means they are the council. Even in Proverbs 31, it says, her husband is known in the gates, meaning a place of decision. Perhaps they put the council there so that when there is a, uh, seem to be an attack, they could quickly make decisions as a council by the gate. When he saw the angels about to come, and they were not angels with wings, by the way. They were like men. And people saw them as men, but Lot, knowing Yahweh, and as Peter would call righteous Lot, he recognized 
that these are divine beings. These are not from earth, even though they looked like they were from earth. They were walking in the image of a man, yet we know he knew that they were angels. So like Abraham would, and he learned this from Abraham, he was hospitable. He said, come to my house. As Abraham did a chapter before, when he saw uh, the men coming, men, angels coming, he prepared a feast for them. And uh, Lot somehow had that tradition as well of, of being hospitable and said, please come to my house and wash your feet. Because in those days, unlike even, where, well, even if you wear shoes, if you walk the mud and the sand, uh, you need your feet cleaned. And uh, have your feet cleaned in my place. Rest there and eat. The angel said, no, we will stay on the streets with the intent of knowing if there are 10 righteous men. But because of Lot's persuasion, they agreed to go to his house. And when they were there, the men of Sodom, both old and young, surrounded the house asking for the men that they may have sex with them. You see, Sodom is such an evil place that there are no boundaries in sexual relationships. And uh, it is a walled city, a gated walled city, and they have this tradition that if you're a newcomer going into Sodom, you must be initiated. The initiation was they steal from you, they strip you naked, and rape you, whether you're a man or a woman. Because, again, there are no boundaries. So men have relations with men and women at the same time. And uh, we don't know, probably even with a goat. Yes, because there's such a thing in, in Deuteronomy, in Exodus, the warn, warning against bestiality, where uh, humans have sexual relationships with, uh, with animals. They are so perverted. Well, it did not state there. At least we know that these men wanted to initiate the visitors of Lot. Now, if you think, how come Lot has daughters who are virgins? And were they not part of this initiation? I have several theories. One, it's probable that Lot was not living in the city when Abraham rescued him from, from the four kings of the east. If, do you remember the story? When Sodom was captured, a lot of captives from Sodom, when Sodom and the, and the five kings of the valley were defeated by the four kings of the east, and uh, Abraham, because his nephew was there, chased them, overcame the enemy, and uh, freed the prisoners. And probably Lot wasn't yet inside the community, but because Abraham saved them because of Lot, perhaps, only perhaps, perhaps because it's not clearly stated in the Bible, they were said, please live with us. Your, your uncle saved us. We owe a lot to you. And perhaps they were spared the initiation right. That's why they live there. Perhaps the king said, nobody touches this family. Probably. But it didn't say about their visitors. Another probably would be a possibility, I mean, is that they were living near Sodom. And uh, some of the young men of Sodom liked his daughters courted them and they were betrothed. They were engaged and they were invited to live in Sodom, but they were not yet married. And because they were betrothed to a Sodom citizen, they were not touched by the neighbors because they had mutual respect for each other. That's why it is just a theory for me to say when Lot said, you can have my daughters, 
he actually believed they won't be touched because probably a protection from the king or another possibility is because they are betrothed to the locals. And so it's really sort of, hey, remember, uh, maybe he was saying, you guys were saved because my uncle and uh, I've got locals who are in love with my daughters. So why don't you have them instead? So, uh, of course, another possibility is that Lot has a twisted way of being generous. It's just hard for me to accept. So, he pleaded with the Sodomites, but they became violent, and the angels took him back in and blinded the men. Well, if you watch TV or a, uh, a film, some would interpret like a light coming out of their hands, and the people would be blinded. It didn't say there, but what says there was they were blinded. They could not see. And the angels made a decision. Leave. Your whole family, leave, because we will destroy this town. Leave now. And it was a struggle. It was a struggle before they left. And they, the angels had to drag them out. And uh, Lot had to talk to his sons-in-law. You see, the Bible called them sons-in-law, even though they were not yet married. Because in those days, when you are engaged, there's no puppy love there. There's no boyfriend-girlfriend stage. It means when you are betrothed, you are considered a son-in-law already. It means they're engaged to be married. Set a time, maybe six months or one year. I don't know. That's why I tell you here, I do not agree. If you're in high school or college having a boyfriend or a girlfriend, there is just no biblical basis, and it is dangerous. Dangerous with your morality. And aside from that, you don't know yet everything about life, a lot about life, I mean, about how people change their habits. When emotions are strong, when the hormones are strong, do not trust it. Learn to pray. So in those days, when you're engaged, then you are even considered son-in-law or daughter-in-law already. And this is not just the first time. You can see it in different parts of Scripture. Forgive me if I offended you. Do you have a relationship? Never have a boyfriend or girlfriend unless you're ready to marry that person. You hear me? No, don't, don't play around. Because emotions and the physique is not something you play with at that stage. Or for any stage, for that matter. Oh, I hope you come back next Sunday. Maybe half the people will not come back. I hope you come back and still worship with us. Uh, one time Jesus was preaching and he gave a hard teaching and everybody left except the 12. I said, talk about leaving a church, huh? So, but you know, as, as your pastor, I have to share the good, the feeling good part to encourage you and the part where there are boundaries, friends. Let us respect this. So let's go back to Lot. So he, he tried to convince his sons-in-law and they thought he was joking. You know, yeah, maybe he was joking because, hey, it's going to rain fire. 
The whole city will be destroyed tonight. We've got walls. No army is nearby. Who's going to destroy the city? It was hard to believe. It was hard to believe. Oh, if you're really curious, you know, there are a lot of stories about Noah's Ark and the archaeological findings. This has more uh, authenticity to it. No, I'm not saying Noah's Ark is not authentic, but this one has amazing scientific discoveries. Last night, my wife sent me a, a, a YouTube video where archaeologists and scientists really checked the area of Sodom and Gomorrah where they found what? Rocks and, uh, that are, are, are almost like ash. You touch it, it turns to ash. But not only that, they looked at the composition. It's 98% sulfur. It means when it rained many years ago, thousands of years ago, it was 100% brimstone. Okay, let me tell you how important that is. Volcanic stones is 40% sulfur. This is ah, 98% studied now. It was 100% there then. So you cannot just explain, maybe there was a volcano, a volcanic eruption somewhere, and it rained on Sodom and Gomorrah. Because what they found there was not 40% sulfur, it was 98% sulfur after thousands of years. Is God alive today? So, if in the book of Revelations it says, be warned. If Peter says in 2 Peter, before God uh, judge the world with water in the future, he will no longer destroy the world with water, but with fire. I tell you, you better believe what the Bible says. Oh, my God is amazing, right? You know, but, but you, here you see the character of God, that he is both just, his justice against wickedness. Boom! His mercy to the one who had faith, Lot, who believed in Yahweh, the God of Abraham, the, Ad, uh, the El Shaddai, uh, who believed God's mercy. Huh? Judgment, mercy. That is God in one. Uh, you, you can't just philosophize, no, 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 God will, will spare everyone. I can do whatever I want and, and uh, nothing will happen. No, no, you are wrong. There are consequences of sin. God is merciful and just. Even Lot was saved, but he had consequences as well. He lost everything. Well, except his two daughters. Are you still following me? All right. So they were asked to escape. The sons-in-law thought he was joking. And the instruction of the servants of God were, or was, no, first was, go, I will not destroy unless you are, until you are safe. Oh, God's mercy, right? God's mercy. I will not destroy it until you are safe. And number two, do not look back. So there's this picture that uh, Lot was covering the eyes of his two daughters, and he was trying to not look back because that was the instruction. Well, he doesn't have a third hand to cover his, the eyes of his wife, right? So, uh, so his wife probably walking out of the city 
maybe missing, they had to leave at once, missing her jewelry, which she left in her jewelry box maybe, or her nice bags, signature bags from the city. And, uh, and all her friends are there, all her friends. She's gonna miss all her friends, her buddies. And uh, she looked back and she became what? A pillar of salt. So preachers use this illustration to never look back at the world. Never look back at sin again. From your old life, never look back. Never miss it. Stay focused on staying away from hell and being saved. Focus on Jesus. So here's my theory. It's just a theory. Let you see, Paul or Peter said righteous lot, okay? Uh, righteous lot, even though he had many bad decisions. From uh, Abraham asking him, uh, which do you choose? If you choose this, I'll go here. Instead of showing deference to his uncle, his uncle who took him in, who perhaps taught him how to grow his cattle, how to grow men who are warriors perhaps. And instead of showing deference, he said, I'll choose this one because he saw that the plains were well watered and it was close to Sodom. Perhaps he was thinking of opportunity, of maybe business and gain. And he was there and he even lived in Sodom. Now, I have a theory. Perhaps the real influence was the wife. She was the one who was missing Sodom. No, no, it's, I'm not against all wives here. I, my point is this. Sometimes the, our loved ones will suggest things to us that you know is not God's will, but it's hard to say no. Do not be influenced by it. Look, I'm a Filipino, you're a Filipino. We're Asians. And family is very important for us. Since I was a kid, I was really conscious about embracing my Filipino values that are good and trying to say no to the values that are not helpful, things we value or habits of our culture that are not good. I've been very conscious about that, but when it comes to family advising you, it's a little bit more difficult. Don't you agree? And I could say with all honesty that because I followed some leanings of family members that I am paying the consequence of it today. That includes parents. I don't have a sibling anymore. Uh, that includes my immediate family. I'm just saying we might be living righteously, but some of the decisions may not be God's will. And I allowed myself to be influenced, and I'm bearing the consequences of it. Some of them are still here. But God is good. He still saved Lot, right? Oh, that's the same with Abraham as well. He should have gone into Hagar. Okay, so she turned into a pillar of salt. Okay, so uh, don't look back. Or you might turn into a pillar of salt. <laughs> No, I'm just giving you an image. It means Jesus said that. Anyone who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is not worthy of me. 
No, no, I don't want to water down what Jesus said. Sometimes, like Paul warned us in, in, in the book of Romans, don't say because you are saved by grace that you should continue to sin just because God is merciful. Certainly not, he said. No, no, that's not the way to live. No, we do not continue in sin even though we know God is forgiving. Even though God will forgive our sins. Even though we know he is merciful in Christ. We do not look back. Can you say to your neighbor, don't look back. No, 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 okay, why not, no, not your neighbor, why not do this? Don't look back. Say to yourself, don't look back. But some of you have looked back. Your life looks the same, you, you turn back. Your, your life looked like the world. As if there's no difference between the world and you. Some of you have looked back. Most of you have not. I'm not pointing fingers because I don't know every one of you personally, but I wish I do. But we must aim to not look back. So, uh, but the story didn't end there. Sodom and Gomorrah, boom, destroyed. Can God do that? Yes, anytime. Because he is sovereign, but he is also merciful. Praise God. Now. Now, there's this disturbing thing that happened after this. You see, the daughter, daughters of Lot was thinking of doing something good for the family to continue the lineage of their father. And in those days, that's very important so that your lineage would not be erased from the face of the earth. Now, in these days, it may not be as important for some as, as then. Then it's about being remembered. Sometimes it's still true today. Uh, but the truth is, after many years, you are not really remembered. Either you are such a, such a hero or such a villain. And then you will be remembered in history, right? Like Adolf Hitler is remembered in history. Like uh, Mussolini is remembered in history. But also the good ones. We remember Jose Rizal. Uh, we, we also remember Andres Bonifacio. Uh, we also remember Emilio Aguinaldo. But... Of the other millions of people and billions of people, we shall be forgotten. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Even monuments fall. Even monuments are torn down. So, so what, what did these daughters do? You see, they were so influenced by Sodom and Gomorrah, they thought it was okay, it was okay to be pregnant from their father. They thought it was okay, but they knew their father would not agree because what? He's not influenced by Sodom. So what did they do? The father's weakness was wine. All of you there who have a weakness, weakness with drink, be warned. You can be easily manipul be manipulated. Alcohol makes you weak. Weak in mind, weak in decision. At that moment, you make yourself vulnerable. Oh, yeah. So, 
A true man is careful not to be intoxicated, always with his faculties sharp, able to decide things and be aware of his surroundings all the time. Can I hear an amen? amen. Now, I'm not against tasting wine or alcohol. I'm not against that because the Bible is against drunkenness. But drinking isn't an issue. So I, I can't find it that if, if you drink wine or alcohol, that that's a sin. I can't find it. I can't. But drunkenness is very clear. Uh, so, well, like Noah, uh, Lot, boy, your daughters trick you. But here's the problem. I, want, I don't want to focus on the drinking. The focus was what? You know, Lot was okay. He was saved because he was righteous. You know his problem was? He was the only one. He wasn't able to influence his family and the people of Sodom. He could not make 10 disciples. It was just him enjoying knowing that God is good. But he did not influence anybody else in Sodom. He did not reach out to tell them about Yahweh. He did not tell them about the amazing El Shaddai, the Adonai. No, no, no. He did not say anything. It was not recorded. So the angels could not find ten. It was just him. Not even his daughters. Not even his wife. In fact, his daughters were influenced by the world more than him. So... I say to us. That's why when I encourage you, share the gospel. Invite people here. Or the things you know here. Uh, teach it to somebody. To somebody who will listen. I I'm saying that because God said it. Go and make disciples of all nations. That's what he said. And that's what we must do. We cannot be just like Lot, well, thank God, I'm saved, I'm okay. I have a rela personal relationship with God. To hell with everybody else. No, I'm, not, I'm sure you're not saying that. But you're doing that. Ignoring others by not sharing the gospel, you're actually saying to hell with you. And the only way not to say to hell with you is actually to present the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's saying what? Jesus came to die for us. He suffered on the cross for our sins. He was resurrected on the third day. And whoever repents, that, that repentance and for the remission of sins should be preached to all nations. And for everyone who believes should not perish but have everlasting life. So uh, let's review the application Number one, recognize that God is a God of justice. Wickedness has its consequences. Number two, believe that God is merciful to those who do not conform to the world, those who have faith in Christ. Because if you truly have faith in Christ, you do not conform to the world. Right? You follow God's word because that's faith in action. Faith without actions is dead. Three, do not look back to the world. It is not pleasing to God. Don't look back. And four, let us protect our children from the influence of the world. So I encourage you, if you have kids, bring them to Sunday school. Because we need to plant those 
biblical seeds of knowledge in their minds. We train our kids, correct, as they grow up? We teach them to brush their teeth. Huh? We have to, right? Because if you don't teach them that, they won't. They just play. And if they won't, they, they don't get the habit of brushing their teeth, they'll grow up to be teenagers who forget to brush their teeth. And when they talk to you, hey, dad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What did I tell you about talking to me? Close your mouth. Oh, that can't work, right? <laughs> you have to train them so that they have that good habit of brushing their teeth. And as they grow, you, you, you teach now your son, son, it's about time. You're a man now. You now have to wear deodorant, all right? Because you have turned into a man. You teach them that. And even habits like what? Uh, fix your bed. Uh, do you ask them to fix their beds? Uh, they have to, right? Okay, so like, you know, my experience with fix your bed, they fix their bed. And then they suddenly gain the habit of fixing the bed. Then after a while, the habit's gone again. <laughs> so uh, it's just the bed's just messy. And I get, hey, hey, your bed. Hey, your bed. Uh, and they fix it again. And then after, until it becomes a habit, you don't stop until they're brushing their teeth all the time. No, I'm not saying you're nagging. You don't have to. You can remind them. And you can share to them why you have to brush your teeth. Because if you don't, what will happen if they don't? So girls won't like them, right? But I go higher. You harm the family name. <laughs> if you don't brush your teeth, you put to shame our family. You have dishonored us. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't say that. But you have to say, no, you go back to scripture. What do you do? There's a lot of influence out there. Get them to read the Bible. Get them to meditate. Get them to pray. Why not talk about the sermon? Bring this home and gather your, your family and say, how can we apply the lessons learned last Sunday? Or sponsor a growth group in your home. Uh, Pastor, can you come? No, I cannot come to your homes. You're, there's too much of you. So, But what I can do, I'm developing men Men, some of them are willing to invest their time. You see, giving is not only money for the work of God. It's also your time. Maybe you can invite some of them. Or you've been a Christian for a long time. You've read your Bible, at least the New Testament. Why don't you start something there and invite your neighbors so that you do it in your place, in your time. You don't have to go anywhere else. Why not? If you have started doing that, go ahead. But while doing that, somehow we remind ourselves and we remind our children about God's word. But you know, but here's another truth. Raising children is not easy. If you're still not married and you have, don't have children, they're fun when they're small, right? They're truly fun when they're small. They're a lot less fun when they grow up. Uh, but you still love them, right? You still love them. Uh, it's not that simple. So what do we do? It takes a lot of prayer. A lot of prayer. 
So don't be surprised. I hope it never happens to us that they would commit some acts that would, they would regret forever. I hope not. I hope it doesn't happen to any of our families, but the truth is we truly don't have control over their lives. As they grow up, they make their own decisions. But what can we do? We can pray and surround them with the right people, not like Lot, surrounding them with the wrong people. We surround them with the right people. God is good, but God is just. Let us pray. Father in heaven, thank you for your word. Thank you for your message. It is true that you have destroyed Sodom because of their wickedness. Yet it was also true that you spared Lot and his family. And uh, like Lot, we pray that we will not be influenced by this world, but unlike Lot, teach us to give the right environment and surroundings for our children, our family, that we may be grow stronger. Like Abraham, watching from a distance, having a distance with the world, yet still influencing it. Father, we pray your blessing upon each one here and protect us always from the evil one. And may we grow to be godly and forgive us of our sins, O Lord. And in our stubbornness, sometimes we have made wrong decisions and uh, we are bearing the consequences of it. Yet, your grace is abounding always to us. So we trust in your grace and mercy that give us another chance to rebuild some of the things we have lost or give us other opportunities to glorify and honor you. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. That's all right.